0: If anybody's wondering what that noise is, <laughs> they decided to vacuum the floor behind us right here as we're finishing I up think the it's show. Your office. Thank you to the vacuum out there. That was very nice of uh, the vacuum is the third member. Oh, thank now you we so go much. down to the
1: field. the no, Third member of
0: our team. No, Oh, yeah. No vacuum today. I fired all those people. They're the, they're fucking out of here. See you later. What's up? It's Chris Sims on Button. It is Super Wild Card Weekend Monday recap show. We got one more game left. Paulie Burmeister is here. He's looking fly in his all-denim outfit today. All denim. Damn, look at you. You are just some style and 50-year-old. I'll tell you. <laughs> you impress me every time. I thought it was cold
1: outside, so yeah. I was going to go jacket and sweater, right? And it's it's now it's warm. Now it's warm. So, it's called global warming. Turned yes. out to be Welcome. a poor decision. Yeah. 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 As for that vacuum, right. that was an underrated part of that show a couple yeah. weeks. Definitely, ago. I kept waiting for like Peter somebody to be like, we're, we're, we're going to break yeah. down. Never did. What's that?
0: Yeah, we just fought through it. Just battled right through. Just that fought thing. through the crowd noise. No big deal. You know, just this is what we do. It's two ex quarterbacks. We know how to deal with the crowd noise. Impervious audibled, to the noise. We just we audible. We got through it, and you know, we just said no. We don't even need a silent count, Coach. We're just going to go play football here. But we got some good games. To talk about here, we do. It was a good weekend. You know, I don't know if there was any great surprises, but I think there's a lot of good storylines with all within all exactly. the games. You know, so far, I, it's really kind of unfolded the way I envisioned it to this point. 5-for-5? Five five? I am 5-for-5 five, five, five five at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the only game that was a little crazier than I expected is I didn't think the Bills would just absolutely oh dominate gosh. the yeah, Patriots, right. and we'll get to that. And we got one game left tonight that we're going to kind of break down at the end, and the game, I will say, with the Cardinals-Rams, the game I had the least feel for. Of the six on the weekend. Yep. I'm just not sure. It, to me, it's total coin flip type of football game. Uh, but man, we got a lot of good stuff and we got some damn okay. We got some questions from the homies on Twitter and hopefully we can break it all down. It was nice yesterday just watching one game at a time this right? weekend.
1: Yeah. What? I know.
0: <laughs> My stress <laughs> levels were like way down. I got, I got home last night and I was like, wait, I'm not really stressed. And I was like, why? And I was like, Huh? Not trying it's, to keep track of. Seven I'm not or eight trying games. to keep track of all the games. Although in my head. Right.
1: I, I, did think of you, and I yeah. wanted to bring this up. So I'm at, at home last night on the yeah. couch watching. I guess it was a late afternoon evening watching the end of the Cowboys Niners, and I'm always thinking about what you guys might be doing here in the studio, right? And I know you guys came on the air at the bottom of the hour. It got yeah. close to the top of the hour, and that Niners Cowboys game was coming right down to the final seconds in a crazy, yeah. chaotic, drama-filled way. But you're on live TV, but you also got to watch the game because the highlights are going to slid into you at any moment. Right. How did you handle those? I'd say three or four minutes. Where yeah, you're on live TV, right? But you know, the second that game is over in Dallas, people are coming to watch your highlights. Yeah,
0: yeah no, it's uh, it's always the trickiest part of the show yeah. on Sunday night. Yeah. You know, and the good thing is, at least it's one game again. You Instead of like sometimes it's two or three, where you're like, oh crap, this is crucial moments. Yeah, and I have to talk about this, and I need to look at this while I'm getting ready for live TV, like you're saying. Uh, it fell just right. The football game, it did. It, we were, you know, I saw the 49ers kind of trying to run out the clock and do that and kind of could see. So why even why we're on set and we're coming on, we have like a hundred inch, Right there. Screen, yeah. right there of the game so right. it's right on the side of the camera so anytime i knew i didn't have to talk or do something else yeah. i was watching the game so and paying attention live
1: tv goes to a one shot of tony or maria as soon as you see that in your peripheral vision are you just watching the I'm, game? I'm
0: watching i'm like kind of looking at them but kind of like looking under the corner of my yeah, eye yeah. just in case like again like you said there's a little detail I this yeah. whatever and there was a lot of detail. there was a lot of detail of course saw the debo samuel run i think it's going to close out the football game and i'm kind of like oh okay that's all right then i'm like wait what you know then i you come back and I'm like wait what are they reviewing what are they doing here Got that. But the best thing is we ran a commercial break, really, with the last drive with the oh, Cowboys, too. That's a good So break. really got to see yeah. it. It was a commercial break led into something we did at the stadium on site. So had some time for me and Kosha to sit there, there and yeah. uh, really in. watch it and take it in. So that okay. was good. Yeah. Well, that,
1: that walks us right to where we're starting with the five games. Let's begin in Dallas, yeah. Cowboys and Niners. I want to get to a number of different storylines. I yeah. have a lot of questions, a lot of discussions to have. Let's start with uh, just this, this big-picture thought. Did the better team win?
0: Well, yes, a hundred percent. That's the one thing. And again, we'll get into all the specifics about the end of the game and everything there. Right. Uh, th- there was clearly one team that was better than the other on the field, and then to me, that's where I can always put to bed the oh, I don't, you know, the controversies and all that, and which I think are a little overblown at this point, anyways. At the end of this football game, but I, I really thought, really, until the very late part of the football game, it was complete domination. Yeah. And really, domination to the point where, and I'm not trying to disrespect Dallas here. I, I again, maybe my opinion wrong. I think the 49ers are really good. I think they're a level above the Dallas Cowboy football team. I do. Had their way at the line of scrimmage on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Ran the ball well all day long. Didn't really need to rely on Jimmy G. Until the end, and when of course they he made did mistakes. In the first half, his he was dependable, big, but right. He had a couple big third down throws, big third down throws outside throws, the numbers. Too. Outside the numbers, yeah. no doubt about it. There were some things that he played well. Yeah, he did, you know. We'll get to what he did at the end, which of course was not that great. But yeah, I just looked at it that way, and then you know you talk about Dallas. Dallas's offense was incapable of doing anything most of the football game. I mean, incapable. There was no run game to talk about. You know, the pass game, when they did complete a pass, you're like, oh, God, they got one. Okay, cool. They got a pass. Or he, oh, he got a clean pocket to throw that one. You know, and again, of course, that was Nick Bosa. Fred Warner came out of the football game. That's the one thing I will come away with the game no matter what. I know it got close at the end of the football game. It was 23-7. to It was third and 11. And, and there was a wide-open Brandon Ayuk, and the game yeah. is going to be freaking right, over. Right. It's yeah. over. Right. I mean, so that's where I look at it, too, and people can go, well, they came back, and I, I want to go, they came back, but not the way to come back to where I sit here and go, you know, it was impressive. They really controlled the game. It was more, to me, 49ers mistakes and not capitalizing on some things that are very easily capitalized in the NFL right. that led to the Cowboy comeback come a little bit there. And that, to me, is a difference than one team just all of a sudden is out
1: another team and makes oh, a frenzy yeah. comeback. It was uh, it was such a crazy finish, and people are talking about that part of it yeah, so much. Right. What gets overlooked, I want to make sure that we spend some time here at least a little bit. You kind of went there a little bit. Yeah. Halfway through the second quarter, right. the Cowboys number one scoring offense in the NFL. They, they had seven yards. Yeah, this isn't halfway through the first quarter where like San Francisco had a long possession. Halfway through the second quarter, they had multiple times with the ball. They had seven yards. Seven. Did you see that more? More as Dallas failing to execute, or did? The front seven of the Niners just whip ass that well, much.
0: It goes into, a, a, you know, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be my own hype man on this pod a little bit. I don't even give a shit anymore. Like, it, it, this is some of the things that we've explained on Wednesday podcast yeah. and, and even last week breaking down the matchups of the game. They all came to a head in this football game to where I hope people who listen to podcasts could watch the game and go, damn, Chris was right. The Cowboys O-line is overrated. It's not that special. It's not. As you saw, they got their ass whooped by that front four of the 49ers. And Nick Bosa got hurt halfway through the game. And Fred Warner got hurt in the third quarter. So that was something I talked about all year long. The other thing we talked about was the the Kellen Moore and the Cowboy passing offense. It is not very creative in my opinion. There was a number of replays and plays in the game where I'm going to go, oh, look, three guys out in a route all ran a curl route. On third down, three curl routes. Oh, whoa. I'm sure the 49ers' minds were blown. Like, not three curl routes. <laughs> what do we do with that? I've only been guarding that since sixth grade. So they have that. And that, that to me... Did it stay basic from the
1: second and third quarter now, as well? Now,
0: I'll get into... I, I don't know specifically. It mm-hmm. didn't look like it was anything different than what I usually see. Now, yeah. that's where the Wednesday podcast, I'll get to really look at time. the coaches' sure. film and see exactly yeah. what they were doing. But no, my feel was that, yes... Can't run the ball, underwhelming creativity in the pass game, relying on just the Jimmys and Joes too much against a good defense who understands how to read plays and, oh, wait, if the slot receiver does this, this usually means the outside receiver will do that. They were all over some of the pass concepts. And then I think the other thing that reared its ugly head a little bit for Dallas, at least, is... We've broken down Jimmy. I mean, uh, Dak Prescott a few times. Dak Prescott never regained his form from early in the year after he hurt his calf muscle. Never happened. Yeah. Number one scoring offense, great. You know, I know it was a top tier offense. It wasn't the last six weeks of the year. No, you can't no. sit here and tell me you are watching the Dallas Cowboys the last five or six weeks of the year. That was one of the best offense. They also of football. were
1: impressed, and it, there's nothing they could do about this. They were in a horrible division. Horrible division. But the last two months, I mean, they were up in the NFC East by two, three, four, right. five games, whatever right. it was. Right. You can be on cruise control it in December. Based off of where you are in the division, sure. it, it felt like they were a little bit, yeah, and that showed up right away. I thought,
0: I, 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 to a degree, I, you're right. Maybe it was the pa- the part of like, wait, we haven't had been in battle tested or a real like physical must win game. And the Niners have you no know, in a long time been living
1: there for a while.
0: They've been they've had to live there really for the last eight to ten weeks. Yeah, they really they've had very little room for error. I mean, of right. course, we know they squeaked in the playoffs, but they've won what eight out of ten. You know, that's the kind of stretch they had to come in. So there's been playoff football for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. They're in 10 They've been ready to go. But I think that's the thing that jumps out to me about the game more than anything. And Dak, you know, getting back to that, you just never got to that got back to that early season form where we just saw him on fire and picking everybody apart. And again, I think part of that is the offensive line, the lack of a running game against good defenses, the predictability of the offense. Yeah. And I do still think he was off, regardless. There were still throws even in yesterday's game where I go, man. Dak usually just missed him. He hits that. He just missed yeah. that. So those were the issues with the Cowboys. But uh, I will state one more time
1: I don't think there's any doubt that the 49ers were the better team on the field Sunday afternoon. You said two months ago, right here in one of our, our Wednesday podcasts, that this could be a team that's around. I think you said until the Super Bowl. I, I, I've been so that, saying. I won't be shocked is, if this in the isn't Super a Bowl. new no. wave of momentum you've no. been riding here with, with uh, San Francisco. A right. couple of things I want to point out and get your reaction. Yeah, cool. You talked about the running game a little bit Elliott and Pollard, 16 carries, 45 yards. Yeah. How about Mitchell and Samuel, 37 for 168? Right, there you go. Not even close.
0: Right, not even close. And, again, that goes back to, the, you know, again, the Cowboys' offensive line. Tyron Smith at left tackle, still a good player. He made all-pro this year. That was a wrong selection. Yeah. He's not an all-pro left tackle. Zach Martin, all-pro right guard. Okay, cool, definitely. You know, Lyle Collins, good right tackle, no doubt. They, they got two other guys that are a serious weak, weakling for their team. So they've not been able to run the ball, let alone I don't like the creativity they have in the run game right. either. And like we talked about, when now you can't run the ball and your pass game simple, and now you're playing a defense like the 49ers, there's just not enough for them to think about, let alone they're talented and fast and coached well too. Yeah. And then the other side of the ball, you got the magician. I mean, and that's what Shanahan is. Shanahan's the greatest run game designer I have ever seen in my life. And I understand everybody's going to go, well, you're a really good friend, and that's why you're saying that. I can honestly say that. I, I, I mean i I just it. said
1: the number, 37 for a buck 68. I don't know what I mean, to say. All we've been talking about is Kyle Shanahan run
0: game for the last 12 yeah. years in the NFL. I mean, Arian Foster led r- rushing in the NFL, with the Houston Texans, guess who the offensive coordinator was? Oh, that's right, Kyle Shanahan. Right. So he's, he's unbelievable. He understands how to run it. He understands how to give his team an attitude of mm. toughness to do yeah. it all year long. And then he's very creative off of that.
1: And I love this, this question we have from Frank Knowles because it brings us to something that was so central in a giant moment in playoff weekend. He says, what makes Shanahan's running scheme different than others? The Cowboys knew a run was coming, and they couldn't stop yeah, it. Yeah,
0: Shanahan's run scheme... It's um, a lot of teams just run the ball and go, hey, we're going to run this ball. We're going to run it against this defense, and we, this is how we block it, and blah, 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 blah. This is, we're good at these run plays. Shanahan's a little more specific in, wait, they're going to play this defense. We got this run play, but I might change the blocking a little this week because th- there's, a, there's an issue here with how they defend this run, and we can expose it. And to me, that's where he's a little different. So where he gets you into some formations on defense where he's got a great understanding of defenses, not just at a base level, really knows. Like, like a lot of coordinators know defenses. Like, oh, at cover of course, three, they do. Yeah. this, cover two. The, Kyle knows, I think, details that I really, out of all the offensive people I was around, only McDaniels knew, really, to where... He could coach the defense and tell you rules about every player, and he understands that and then understands how to stress those rules with the play. Like, this player is responsible for this. We're going to put him in a bind here. Here's the weak link of this scheme. You know, and that's where he's really good. Whether it's somebody setting the edge, and now he makes the edge weird because he's got a wide receiver going over in motion, and now you don't know. Wait, do I have to get out wide? Is he blocking? Am I? I'm I'm a down safety or a corner? I'm supposed to have the edge, but oh no, they could be giving him the reverse. They could be giving him. He might be setting the the, a lane to block. Is he going to go out in a route so that he messes with people that way? He messes with the rules of your defense. Mm. That's where he's different. Scouts himself. He scouts himself. Yeah. You know, and then like even he had the long pass in the game to Ayuk who ran a shallow cross and ran up the sideline you know again that's that's another play where he ex- is that the one he missed? He, he he missed one, I think, too. No, that's not the one he missed. Okay. That was later in the end. There was one earlier where he completed the Ayuk. But that speaks to it, too. He knows they're going to play man. He stresses you out with a run fake. He's got a guy running a shallow cross. He turns his eyes. He knows Trayvon Diggs is going to try to undercut it. And then they wheel up the other wheel up the up other side and get a big completion. He does stuff like that. Or like we've talked about in podcasts before. Wait, I got George Kittle, man-to-man, and I'm responsible for the D-gap. Right? Right? And then he runs, runs the ball at that gap once or twice. And then a few plays later, he runs at that gap and you think it. And now the defender's in the gap and they go, oh, play action. And he goes, well, yeah, you're in your gap, but you've got to cover George Kittle. He's already run by you. He's gone. That's where Shanahan's really brilliant at figuring out defenses and being creative and trying things outside right. the normal box of run game coaching, I guess.
1: Two other things to hit in yeah. this game, both quarterback related. Yeah, Jimmy G, I was thinking about this in the drive to work. To me, B-plus in that game. Right. Start the bidding there. Sure. Up or down. Uh,
0: do I'm, I'm right around that area with you. I think, you know, uh, really the, the game itself was probably an a A-minus. But then in the it's most a, crucial moments, yeah. it became like in the biggest moment of the game, you gave us a C-minus. Right. So I don't know where that average is out to. Made me think uh,
1: of, so I, I'm getting ready to, to call ski jumping in, in the right, Olympics. Right, right. For every jump, there's something called style points. And there are five judges. And after every jump, you get style points based off of what those five say. The top score is thrown out. The bottom score thrown out. So I feel like if Jimmy G, if he, if he could do that every game, throw, yeah, out his, right. throw out his worst play, doesn't count. Right. Take out his best play, doesn't count. Yeah. He kind of exists in this space that's, that's usually true. above middle and pretty darn good if you could just right. take out one bad play. I, think I know you can't fair. do that, yeah. but he had one awful play.
0: And a lot of pretty good. Yeah, he did, he played well. Did a lot of good things. It all started with that third and eleven we were just talking about. Yeah, where again at that moment we just went, oh Jimmy G, gosh, how does he miss that? I mean, there was nobody in the screen. It's going to be a thirty-plus yard gain. It looks like he's going to catch the ball and be able to run. They're going to be in a field goal range there again. You're going to go. Oh, it's over. Yeah, it's going to go to twenty-six to seven at least. That was the start of it. To God oh, damn, I mean, you could put the game away right there, late third quarter. You know, then fourth quarter comes along. Mm-hmm. I think Shanahan did a great job and kind of like, hey, still showing him confidence, like, hey, we're going to run the ball. I mean, we're going to throw the ball here. Yep, we're not, I'm not afraid. You, you can do it. You know, and you're going okay, okay, good throw, we got it. But then he escapes the pocket and then he runs to the right. And this is just again where we're going to be talking about this because this is a question mark about them. Yeah, the interception. I. Just to miss that throw by that much Mm -hmm. is is astounding to me. Threw it right right to him. I mean, threw it right to the other team. Right. Right. I mean, Sheffield, who was wide open, couldn't even get a hand on the ball. That, to me, is what's amazing about Jimmy G. To your point, we see like three quarters of he's dealing and throwing balls into tight windows and confident. And then what? You're just running to the right and you miss a crosser by, by five feet? Like, don't even get it close to them? Yeah. Uh, you know, that 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 I, I think it was where I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, again, the game's over. They're in a spot there where yeah. it's it's it's, they're, it's gonna, like, they're in a really tough spot. Dallas is going to be desperate. They're going to, at the worst, punt it and
1: have to go a right. long way to get the score. It's one score. of those – the point of a tight game, how many times you say it on a Sunday, well, if they don't turn it over, they win. Yeah. And they turn it over, and now all of a sudden it's a game again. Okay, so that's Jimmy G. Saved the uh, biggest part of the conversation for last. Dak Prescott, end of the game. Yeah. They don't have time to get back on the ball. So many people, I think, trashing the Cowboys and the idea to do it, you know, trashing Dak a little bit. How do you feel about yeah. that, that finish there? Well, like, the idea
0: itself is not
1: bad, right? I mean, to run that play. left.
0: To run the play, the quarterback draw, I'm not mad at the play itself. I'm mad at everything else about the play. And I mean by, you know, first off, 49ers, what the hell were they doing the two plays before that? Why were mm. they not protecting the sideline? Right. I don't know what they were like. Literally like, hey, he got, get 10 yards and stop the clock. It's, the ratings are down here a little for CBS. <laughs> We'd like you to get them up here in primetime. Like, here's a let's get it close so we can really sweat this out. I don't know what the hell they were doing with their defense alignment the first few plays. Then they get to that play, and now you're finally like, okay, they're playing it right. They got people by the sideline. Invite them to throw the ball down the middle. Yeah. No problem with the draw, the quarterback draw problem is this one okay 14 seconds left in the clock my experience in the NFL the way I was coached, whether it was John Gruden Josh McDaniels with the Denver Broncos or even working with the New England Patriots when we really got into these type of specifics 18 seconds was the line of demarcation 18 18 okay for any play over five yards or more than that it was going to be to be safe and make sure you're going to get the ball off. Because, again, you might have plays. receivers downfield, whatever. Yeah. But that was just, again, it's, it, anything past five yards, you thought 18 seconds was really the realistic time to think we can get everybody lined up, spike yep. the ball, and have a second or two left on the clock. Maybe 17 seconds if it all goes exactly perfect. But 14 seconds with a 17-yard run and the referee being behind the quarterback to have yep. to spot the ball. That, to me, yeah, the, what I, my problem is is slide then 10 yards earlier, yep. right? Because now you're going to save yourself a lot of time right there. At least the referee five referee yards also, earlier. Yeah. Right, at least five yards yeah. earlier. Right. So that would be the first thing. Got a little too greedy in the running of it. You know. But obviously not an understanding or a coaching of going like, wait, if you run for 20 yards, it's going to be too much. You can't do that. Yeah. Just get to, like, the 30 instead of the 25, and now we'll have a chance to get it off. But I don't think there was an understanding of how long the, it takes to do something like that with a plus-five-yard type of game. Right. The other thing I would say is the excuses and the bullcrap coming out of all their mouths about the execution of the referee. First off, they obviously don't understand it. I mean, Dak Prescott explained, it, well, you give the ball to the center? This is what we do in practice. I give the ball. Well, th- that's practice. It's, it's, it's practice. You're not practicing it the right way then, Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. You know, no, you give the ball to the referee. Yeah. You don't get to, like, you're not like, oh, hey, we're the Dallas Cowboys. We'll spot the ball. We don't need you guys. We got it. (laughs) We know where we went down. We gave ourselves a few extra yards, but don't worry about it. We got it. Because that's what they did, too. They gave themselves three extra yards. Like, that's another thing. You go back where he started the slide and where the ball was spotted was wrong, too. It was wrong. So there's that aspect of it. But then also. To not understand, and again, this is where we've done it in practice a million times. I heard McCarthy and Dak Prescott say that. Yeah, in a controlled environment. Yeah, right. Where, hey, we're going to run it to here, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to spot it and kick the game-winning field goal. But you didn't take into account there's a referee 40 yards behind you. Right. And all that. You had the ball boy up where you wanted to spot the ball in practice. So you could, oh, they're spotted right there. Yeah. We're going to kick it. Oh, we spiked it. We did it. So they're not giving realistic uh, practice reps there, obviously. That would be my la- ne- next thing I would say. It's and impossible then, to. It's, Im- it's impossible to. Or you do it the right way. In New England, yeah, they would not be doing it that way. They yeah. wouldn't be going, hey, Tom, give the ball to the center and we'll just – there we did it. Right. They played it real when I watched New England practice like that. It was as real as they could make it. Yeah. We're going to – Wait, no, referees got to come spot the ball. You don't just get to spot the ball and say, set hut. No. That's not what did it they works. they have a ref in practice there? They would have refs or they would have a, a ball boy who really – or even a defensive coach who would play that part and spot the ball and do that. Brian Flores, there was a number of practices. He was that guy. Oh, wow. You back in that time. Yeah. So you got to do that realistic to then again understand how much time it's all going to take. Yep. It doesn't sound like they did that. Dak's got to understand where the referee's coming from. Yeah. I mean, he ran into the
1: referee. It not, cost him a second. It cost him a second.
0: Yeah. At least. At least. And he was looking at the clock on the other side of the stadium, not realizing, hey, get out of the way and clear a path to the referee so he can spot the ball. Right. And then on top of that, okay, all of that, but, like, the comments, like, oh, it should have been spotted. There shouldn't have been any problem. I spiked it before the clock. No, you didn't. You, you guys actually, if you really look at it, you could question, I don't even know if that snap should have counted. Mm. Right. I don't know if he snapped it before double zero. Either way, we'll give them that. They don't get a second back to spike the ball. Yeah. And here's my last thing that bothers me, Paul. I'm ranting and I can't help it. I'm sorry. You got me going. And here we go. The other thing, the, the other part about it that I don't like is Dallas acts like it, they were they, they got ripped off and they spiked the ball and it, we took away a a chippy field goal for them to win the game. Like They would have won the game if they just did that. Right. You still had to throw the ball into the end zone against a team that you couldn't move the ball against all True. game long or couldn't block up front, and they're going to have eight guys in the end zone, and the chances of you guys scoring are good. minute anyways. Right. right. So I'm sorry I said a lot no, no, there, no, no, that's, that's all I right. Just, I just couldn't help it. it.
1: It all made sense, and it's interesting hearing about how the Patriots would, would work a practice like that. I didn't mind the call. I didn't hate it as much as most people. What bothered me is it didn't account for a couple things that, I mean, any Wednesday or Thursday you're working on this, you've got to think, okay, 14 is the absolute – like, that's awfully tight. And that doesn't account for any kind of bullshit that's not going to happen that's in what practice I mean. that might happen in a exactly. game. Exactly. Like the other linebacker – he doesn't want you to get that playoff. Right. He might he might And practice with a laying on guys yeah, and doing he's gonna exactly lay on you what a I little mean. bit, that's he's what gonna I mean. get your way a little bit. Right. There's a second. Right. So now of course you're not gonna plan on the referee running into the quarterback, but again, it falls under the idea of some other kind of bullshit and the craziness at the end of the game might happen yeah. to throw you off a second right. or a second and a half. Right. And that happened, and that's how the final seconds ticked off. So clever call in a lot of ways. Didn't account for the stuff that happens at the end of the game. Yeah, that, that's that's what bothers me.
0: Clever, exactly right. Clever call. and Then to realize, like, hey, it's seventeen yards is too much. Yeah, like you said, five yards earlier, they they get it off. They're gonna Probably have a second, two yeah. seconds yeah. on the clock. Yeah, they're gonna get a chance to throw a ball in the end zone, no doubt. But I think it speaks to the bigger problem, of the Cowboys, a little bit. That's just what they are. You know, that, that's they're an undisciplined football team. They got a lot of players. We talked about it a lot. There's a reason they're the most penalized team in football this season. And and really, I'm very tired of hearing about them complain about the refs here at the end of the year. Yeah, you know they talked about it in the Cardinals game. I watched it. Yeah, they got ripped off. There should have been a fumble. All right, but you know the rules are the rules, and you couldn't challenge it. I don't know what else to say. You know, but all the other penalties in that game were egregious and should have been called. Period. You didn't get screwed over. Thanksgiving, they complained about the refs. They were all egregious. They could have, as I said on the podcast, I showed plays. They could have called ten more pass interferences. I would argue that actually the refs did you favors in that game. That's what I don't like about Dallas. Dallas turned me off yesterday I, I with can the way they—they yeah. turned me off. Yeah. They really did. And then even added into it the post-game press conference with Dak Prescott telling it, "Hey, oh, he, he's—you know—what what was his exact wording about people throwing things at the referees?" We um, have that here. Yes, he had, I know we do. Oh, we got it. We got it, Paul. So, let's take a listen. Yeah, let's take a listen.
1: To know everything that we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting expecting to lose, and um, for for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter um, and, and be with us through thick and thin, uh, th- that's tough. I think they were aiming at the referees. Yeah, yeah. they were at the referees. Well, Shit! Sure. Credit to them, then. That's uh, take- not. Take- <laughs> yeah. They Reddit-
0: weren't doing it. Today. Oh, credit credit to them.
1: <laughs> Man, emotion of the. Of the of the game, kind yeah, of getting him there a little be, bit.
0: No it's, doubt about it. I, I mean, I don't. I, it's the first time ever I've heard Dak Prescott give an answer I didn't like at the yeah, podium. Right? I mean, really, he's usually very good. In that He's spot. as good as it gets. Yeah. I
1: just, I want to clarify that nobody is better in front of the podium. And that was a perfect situation. Just walk up and say, you know what? It was it was a crazy finish, but we weren't good enough for three three quarters and nine tenths of the game. So it's on us. He right? usually does. And he that. usually does that. I he know. does. I know. He's
0: not an excuse maker. Right? That's why I really love him. I think that's why they paid him all this money. I mean, he's he's the guy you want to lead your your ship, but then the great Clarence Thomas down there, um, mm-hmm. no Clarence Hill, excuse me, yeah. Clarence Hill, who you know I I've known since my days back at Texas, he's one of the Dallas. Beaters. He tries to get him to clarify it, and like no, no, no and he doubles down, yeah. and goes well, you know, good on them. I I just didn't like that at all. You know, there you were going to explain about how the players are humans and you shouldn't do that. But then it's the refs who, last time I checked, are humans. All right, and you're 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 okay with that? Uh, and again, for what? What are, what are you mad at there? That you didn't execute the end of the game procedures the right way? You know, they're they're mad at the refs again throughout the game. I, there wasn't one replay in the whole game. Tony Dungy and I were sitting there, Maria Taylor, where we went, "Oh, that was a horrible call." Right. Every one of them was egregious. Yeah. I mean, egregious. Yeah. So. You know the uh, deal. I mean, that's that yes. was the
1: number one scoring offense in the league, like we talked about. I yep. mean, that's frustration about they couldn't put the ball in the end zone yeah. for most of the game when it mattered.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. That's exactly right. It's a bad way for them to finish the year. It's still a good year for Dallas. Yeah. Let's not lose yep. sight of that. There's no doubt about it. They they exceeded my expectations
1: for, sh- for sure. You know, when you win double-digit games and have a postseason game at home, though, to not win at least one of the postseason, it's hard to feel good about I the know. year.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. I do. You know? And you, you won the NFC East. You feasted on that division. You had very few marquee wins against quality teams in football. So I think we were all a little bit sled there. And you know, it's a bad matchup for them. It was. And listen, we, we talked about the concerns about Dallas's offense I am gonna how many times, Pete, in the last six weeks? Three, four Wednesday podcasts where we've broken down the issues with their offense. Mm-hmm. So we've really hit that as a real storyline and something you gotta watch for. And one of my things in the game too was just like can the Cowboys D line screw the game up? That was my thing. Can they screw the be game saying up? That on Wednesday, and they yeah. weren't capable of doing that. They didn't. And that's where Shanahan's yeah.
1: magical. You know, he's one step ahead. How about elsewhere in the NFC East? Let's do uh, it. The other team that made the postseason, oh. the Eagles. Let's go to Tampa Bay, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. And this, um, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch playoff football no matter what, but this was never a contest. I, I hate saying the word. I'm not going to say it was easy, but there wasn't much resistance. There was a giant gap between the Eagles and the Buccaneers the entire game. This is what worries me about the seventh
0: team in the playoffs. Yeah. I know, I, I know we've, we've, we've this is only the second year. I think we've really only seen the Colts at the 7th seed last year against the Bills has been the only game that's been competitive. Where I'd go, actually, the Colts outplayed the Bills. Josh Allen just made unreal plays for them to win that game. Right. Um, but, yeah, you take the other two, versus 7, last year. It was Saints and Bears. It was a trick play by the Bears. Was the only offensive good thing that happened all game long. Yeah, and, you know. Of course, we got the two seven game last night with the Chief Steelers. Yeah, and this, this yeah. they were in a, your, to your your spot. They were in a different class. Yes, yeah, not even close. It's a different class of a football team. Yeah, and I don't even think they were motivated to play in the third and fourth it kind quarter. Of they were, like just, that, they were right? coasting. I mean, it's
1: not only personnel and coaching. Yeah, there was this overwhelming feeling. I was watching this game. Like one team was like, "Okay, now the real season starts. Let's get to work, right. guys. Get right. out here and right. we're be the best we've been." Right. While the other team was like. The year's been a success already. Yeah, right. I mean, look where they were a couple months ago. They weren't supposed to be there, yeah. so they made it to the postseason. And that sometimes those things don't show up in the field, those intangibles. But I thought it was just in a fierce way showed up. One team was all business. We got to get to where we're supposed to be in February. And the other was just kind of on bonus time. It's go time for the Bucks. The Bucks, the totally. Bucks are,
0: the, the, to me, the, the team that we could sit here and go, they're the only great team in football if they get healthy here. Like, really? And they're close. They're close to being healthy. I know they're not going to have A.B or Chris Godwin, but damn, they still got you know Mike Evans, who's a star and Gronkowski and Scotty Miller and a good stable of running backs. they got enough there to make it all happen. You, know, Levante David was back. The secondary is somewhat healthy other than Sean Murphy bunting. Shaquille Barrett and JPP were back. You know they had the injuries on the o line yesterday, but they came back and played, so hopefully they'll be okay. Worth some a little concerned about. But like to your point. It jumped out right away. Oh, it was man. a clear and obvious difference in the quality of the football team, the versatility in which they can play with on both sides of the football, and got to a 31 nothing lead and just coasted from there. It yeah. was like, oh, okay. Like, let's, I mean, really, they, they could have sipped pina coladas in the fourth quarter and still yeah. won the game by the same score there.
1: First play. I mean, they, they came off the ball. I think the running back wasn't touched for 10 yards. Like, if that was – A spring practice on the other side of the ball, the coach would have stopped it. Like, we don't practice that way. Well, no, you're right. Well, you're right. It was was, was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from the get go. Well,
0: and this, again, uh, not, um, but we talked about this on Wednesday a little bit. The Eagles' defense, way too simple. Way too easy for an offense like this.
1: Four man rushes and easy to decipher five man rushes. Exactly. In the first half.
0: And, yeah. And, yeah. and the coverage is basic as can be. Like like oh, it's cover three. Oh, it's two man. Oh, it's Tampa Two. They did
1: they did sack Brady a number of times they later did. in the first they half.
0: They did. They got to him a little bit, certainly. And I think Brady also realized like look, I'm not taking any chances here. We got right. this game in control. I'm not gonna just try to squeeze one in for the sake of squeezing it in when we're controlling it. And maybe they tricked him a little bit, and I'll be able to tell you, but it was my concern. Concern of the football game through throughout. That's why I didn't really think they had a chance. It's just again when you break down, and I, I told everybody this in the room yesterday in NBC. I just said I, I just was telling Dungey, and he was amazed by it. I was like, "This Eagles defense is tenth in football," but I was like, "Let's look look at the schedule, Coach." And right. he started looking at it and go, look at when they played good – like an offense
1: that was somewhat good and a we quarterback. Have a, keep it going, Chris. Yeah. I, think, I think we have a graphic, Pete, that we can run on this about uh, the Eagles' top quarterbacks against the Eagles' it, D. It's astounding. Yeah, I mean,
0: first off, to be the number 10 defense, they could have picked the worst offenses to play in football. They could have hand-picked them, and it worked out that way for the last yep. eight weeks of the year. Yeah. It was the worst. But look at these numbers. Now, Brady and Dak Prescott, it's two games. Either way, and two games – Prescott was 42 for 53 for 533 yards and eight touchdowns. Now, I know one of them was against third stringers in Week 18. That's just one, though. The rest of these weren't. Brady, 63 of 79, 568, four touchdowns and interception. Wow. Mahomes, 24 for 30, 278, five touchdowns, one interception. Derek Carr, 31 of 34. For 323, two touchdowns and interception. Justin Herbert, 32 of 38. These guys are
1: 80 to 90%. It's, all, it's
0: above 80% Yeah, with those guys. And it's, again, let's see, 12, 17, 19, 21 touchdown passes to three interceptions. Crazy. Crazy. Those are crazy numbers. That's what
1: was scary about this matchup. I saw two things. You already brought up one of them. Yeah. The, uh, the the lack of uh, exotic pressures up front, Russian four or five guys. Yep. How many times are they going to play soft corner? Right. I mean Brady's out there playing pitch and catch. Pitch, thank you. Like he's at practice. That's, that's what
0: I'm. Mean. Time just, and time it's again. It's just too much. That right. You, you're looking at the snap, going. They're eight yards off. Mike Evans. He's just going to look at him and throw it's a six yard like hitch he route. It's almost like you
1: got tired of it. Like like, let's try something else. I, there was some plays. If we where have an incompletion or sack, I'll take the ten yard out later. Let me try and throw it across the middle a couple times.
0: That's where, like, again, I understand you want to play us. Hey, we're going to play defense. We're going to be sound. We'll hope they make a mistake. There has to be a point in the game where you just go. There was
1: no urgency. Right.
0: Like, we're going to go down then. We're going down. They're going down. We're going down like a burning ship. Let's blow the plan up and do something crazy. Right. Who cares if we lose by 25 or lose by 16? Who cares? Yeah. Well, at least let's go down, like, trying to win. And yeah, I, I never got the, the sense that that was the case.
1: If there was a word bubble of the Eagles defense yeah. a lot of the time I know they had some sacks, they yeah. had some moments, but most of the time it would have been is it over yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I hear it. Is you. it done? Right. Is he done? Is he done? <laughs> right? Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I I think between that and then, you know, where it was a tough matchup for the Eagles is of course, yeah, they're one of the best running teams in football. But, they were the best. But what you're playing there? the defense that's you, they, they, the the Bucks defense, and here's another – they called the bluff of the Eagles. They basically – it was bare front, six and seven guys at the line of scrimmage, like just going throw it. We want you to throw it. Please. We dare you to right. throw it. Go ahead. We're playing bump man-to-man. and We've to got me, the Hurts numbers yeah.
1: here. Or, no, actually, I'm sorry. There I you go. the gun there. We're, yeah, rushing we We're first. looking at the Eagles rushing, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, number one, and then yesterday yeah. – Yeah, 17 rushes, 95 yards. That's not going to do it in this football game. So to your point of, okay, go ahead and throw it, when they did throw it downfield, I mean, the the numbers of 20 yards and downfield, 2 out of 12 for 63 yards. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah.
0: It was ugly. It was too late, too, when they got to the game plan. To me, this was a game after the first few plays, I was sitting there going – they're not going to be able to run it if they just go, we're going to go run it. Mm. they got to actually come out maybe doing play action and throw it a little bit to get the Bucks to back off and then go back to the run. Right. That rare instance where you go, I think we have to use the pass to set up the run instead of the other way around. I do think it was one of those. There was just so many in your face. We're playing bump man-to-man on Devontae Smith. With Carlton Davis, but we got all these people at the line of scrimmage to stop the power run game. And if Jalen Hurts keeps the ball off the edge, we're going to have a guy there, and you're not going to go anywhere. Right. They were ready for all of that, and of course they're extremely talented. And then with Devin White and Levante David at the second level, they both can fly sideline to sideline. So they're the type of guys that can run with Jalen Hurts and run him down, you know. And then and then it gets into the question of the Eagles because we know this Bucks defense is real. They are, and when they're really healthy, they're going to be tough to stop. Is the other question is you know, this is where the Eagles and God, they got to figure out what they want to do with Jalen Hurts this offseason and where they want to go with the quarterback situation because they're limited in their versatility in the ways they can beat you yep. with a guy like Jalen Hurts at quarterback. He's not really, you know, again, he's not capable of being surgical in a game like this to where you go. Wait, we need to win the game. He's got to drop back thirty-five times to win this kind of game. To and win it, this it, kind of game, yes. To me, it
1: kind of—it's all relative. It's yeah. how, how do you, how harsh do you want the evaluation of him to be? Is he good enough for the team to win more than they lose and to get to the playoffs? Yeah. Yes. And that, that's a big step in the right, right. direction. Right. Pat on the back. I mean, that's real progress. I mean, who, who would have thought they were there four months ago? Yes. Exactly. So, I, mean, I think that should lead the way. I agree. Okay. Are we going to win once we get to the playoffs? That's another question. Brady. Against Stafford, right. against Rodgers, against good defenses, didn't even yeah. look close. No, so it, it's all how, how harsh do you want that evaluation to yeah, be? Yeah,
0: they got to figure that out. You know, do they do they want to just go all again all in on Jalen Hurts? Get another good running back or two? You know, maybe get one more receiver, tight end to be a weapon, and just go all in on a Lamar Jackson type offense? Yeah, they certainly could do that. They could. I mean, there's no doubt. Well, no, but Jalen Hurts is not as good a thrower as Lamar Jackson is, or a Kyler Murray, or a Josh Allen, or the other quarterbacks that can really run in football. You know, so that's the aspect. I, I, again, to me, I still question whether Jalen Hurts can beat you by his right arm, mm-hmm. with with his right arm. In those few games where you go, hey, our run game's not dominating today, yeah. and now we need you to make a few plays. That that to me is still very much up in debate. And I don't mean to. I know I'm looked at as the Jalen Hurts, you know, hater of the world. But I think again, yesterday, anybody watching that game. How many replays or throws or times did Troy Aikman go? Really, that should be completed in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, Troy was trying to be nice. Right. It really, I mean, he's open and you'd like to see that completed in this day and age yeah, in the NFL right he was trying to tell you you shouldn't be fucking missing that throw I don't yeah. know what any other way to say that right and that's that's something that is continuing to gonna continue to be evaluated I, with hurts. yeah
1: I, I think it's beyond fair I think it's the most realistic uh, evaluation to be to be somewhere in this area we can say it was a good season for him yes he's a nice quarterback he's off to a good start in right. his career right okay where can he get better well it leaves a lot to be desired consistency down the field the, the numbers back it up the play yesterday backed it up yeah I think think about two plays that there yeah. was a, a third or fourth down to comeback to the right side about 15 yards right it was late way late light. hung in the
0: air forever yeah. I know the one you're talking about got knocked down right yeah yeah right and
1: there was a and Brady was doing it now again Brady might be the best of all time but he was doing that he was throwing it earlier he was throwing it with a lot more velocity a lot more consistently velocity, so right. I it, it was hard to compare because it was such a glaring difference. Right.
0: And it's not a long delivery that no, Brady no, no. has. Brady can get it out. Exactly. Versus delivery right. also allows defenders to break on the ball because it's very slow right. and deliberate.
1: And I remember, I think it was two about two years ago about now in the spring, we were back there evaluating the quarterbacks coming out. And I think you said about him, his arm looks like an independent contractor. Yeah,
0: that's my phrase. And yeah. I've been
1: kind of watching it a little bit. And the ball, when it needs to really fire out of there, a lot of times doesn't. Yeah. And so I'm watching, and it's like something in the in the mechanism when it's supposed to really torque in the lower body right. doesn't happen. It's just not there. No, I know. Doesn't mean that he can't be a really good right. NFL starting quarterback. But when you look at where he is now to where he needs to be, like that part of it, that moment of firing from the lower body, just it, it isn't there when he wants it to be. I agree. That's, that's what I think,
0: I, see. I think you're right. I mean, to me, that's he doesn't you know create opposites like we talk about so many right. times, where you know he can get that. He can get that front shoulder turned to the target and almost have the back of his nameplate turned to the target to yeah. so now where he can unravel and that arm becomes a slingshot like you see Brady or Rodgers or Josh sure. Allen do. Yes, he has a little bit. You're, you're, that's the phrase they use. The arm kind of just does it by itself. It kind of windmills around to throw the football. It
1: wants some help from the lower body. God needs it, and the to, back half of the release needs it, it to help for a spiral there. to cut
0: through a wind yeah. like yesterday or get to the target a little easier. And I know we got a spray chart, right, Pete? Let's let's throw that up with Jalen Hurts a little bit too. You know, it's 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 a weird chart there. You can see it's a lot of screens and RPOs, some fades down the left sideline, you know, a post down the middle. Uh, but yeah, that's that's an unusual looking chart there. And you right. know, I, I have like friends that uh, I had like friends, and I think even Pete says something to me. I can't remember who it was, but they're going, "What? Why? Why do they always throw the ball down the field? Why don't they find ways to throw the ball six and eight yards at time? Because that's not who he is either." Honestly, throwing the ball deeper down the field is easier for Jalen Hurts than being precise with a quick decision, eight-yard intermediate throw where Mm -hmm. not only do you have to be quick decision, you got to have a quick release, and the ball has to be pinpoint in those type of throws. More pinpoint than, let me just throw it downfield and let Devontae Smith go get it. That's where people don't realize that. I know you think, oh, it's shorter, so it should be easier, it's yeah, to a degree. It's not yeah. always the case. though. So there needs to be more precision and accuracy added to that, too. And that's where I think they're reluctant to call those type of plays right. with him.
1: And he, he's so early in his career. And as long as he was going opposite of Brady yesterday, and we talked about Brady throwing that comeback kind of effortlessly, throwing it early and yeah. throwing a lot of velocity. Yeah. You go back to Tom and watch him in his second year. Yeah. He's gotten a lot better at that part of his game Definitely. in the last twenty years. I don't know at what point it happened, but he changed his, his stance. Yeah. He changed, he changed, it changed all. his release. Yeah. So as we sit here and point out where Jalen Hurts is two years in his career, right. like that's not there. Brady didn't have it like he has it now then. Either so no, I mean there's you can you can do it just because he can't do it now doesn't mean well, he can't take yeah. a couple steps toward being really good at that part of his game
0: exactly I mean all anybody told me is you can't fix accuracy when Josh Allen was coming out in the draft. You can't fix it, yeah. motherfuckers hitting bullseyes everywhere. Seventy yards down the field, yeah. across the river and through the lakes, bullseye. Right, you know, through the woods, bullseye. So you're definitely right about that. And I know it sounds like we're probably being harsh on Jalen Hurts again. I don't mean it to be that. I'm just saying, hey, Eagles fans, that's something I question about going in the offseason. I think mostly we're it was a really good year. It was a
1: good season. I know. And. The- the uh, parts where he's not great right now. Look at the best of all time, Brady. He wasn't, I mean, he was probably pretty good at it in the yeah. second year, but yeah. he's gotten a lot better Definitely. at the release and the velocity. I, I, your,
0: your point's real there. So we'll see what Guys he can do. There. I'm going to be interested to see what he does there. And either way, the Bucks look good. The Bucks yeah, are good. Yeah, that's the, that's the bottom if line. And they continue to get healthy. Again, I think they're still the most well-rounded team in the NFL.
1: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, Ready for that trip here? Let's do it. All right, let's go to the game last night. Chiefs against the Steelers. This one, I mean, it's fitting that it's coming on the heels of what we saw in Tampa. Because this, I mean, it was close for a quarter. Right. There was that point. Yeah. Halfway through the second quarter was seven nothing Steelers. We kind of sat up and you're like, okay. Is this really going to happen? Is this this really going (laughs) to happen that way? My question was, (laughs) at some point, the Chiefs are going to score a couple touchdowns at least. Can the Steelers score a couple themselves (laughs) offensively? and clearly the answer was no and the 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 jumping off point here from me to you just like the last game the gap was massive where was it? The, where was the difference the most noticeable in this game for you? Oh,
0: well, I, I think you said it a little there. It, it was the, the, the Steelers' defense. I mean, offense. Oh my! Gosh. I never had a sense they were going to be able to move the ball. Like yeah. you talked about how the Cowboys had seven yards when they were down like thirteen yeah. nothing, right? Right. It was more amazing because I think we were looking at like the Steelers. They had like seven or four yards and they were up seven nothing. You were like, what? What? How is that possible? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, the Steelers, I mean, they got in the playoffs. Credit to them. But they're not in the class of the Chiefs right. or this type of football team. And the Chiefs, the. the what
1: they're, woke up in the Chiefs offensively they're when they are down 7-0? They're,
0: they're unbelievable, the Chiefs. I don't know. I never – I I, I, I kind of went on this with Florio this morning. They're unbelievable. I've never seen a team like the Chiefs in my yeah. life. I really haven't. I asked even Florio this morning. I was like, maybe there's a team before I was born that you could tell me that was like this. Mm. But where just momentum swings where you can go, damn, they look off. I'm sitting here. We got every camera angle because it's an NBC game. We got yeah. sky cam. I could see it all. I'm going, oh, Mahomes is leaving the pocket early. Oh, yeah. there's people open. I don't know what he's doing. Here and then, and then all of a sudden, a fumble on a trick play by Randy Andy Reid, and they were like. What the fuck? Yeah. What are we doing? Let's go! And right. all of a sudden, the game changed, yeah. and it was just on fire. And it's—it's—I've never seen a team that can change momentum and look so average and then look so
1: unstoppable for a period of time where you just go, "Oh my god!" Five passing touchdowns in eleven thirty-one—the fastest span NFL postseason history. That's insane, right? It's insane. And yeah. again,
0: we've seen it before. It's not a fluke thing with them. I mean, yeah. this is. This is who they are. And once they catch fire, it's like everybody catches it it's like Mahomes feels good and now the receivers are feeling good and Kelsey's good and Andy Reid and Eric bien me, it just seems like as every play we call is working. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And it seems like the defense jumps on, and all of a sudden they're flying around. And that, and, that atmosphere and that crowd oh, down and the there. the stadium yeah. added to it you're exactly right. And yeah. it just becomes a frenzy. And they, were, they got overwhelmed in such a short oh period gosh, of time. Yeah. It, was, it was astounding to watch.
1: What, one thing I wrote down in my notes last night, Wash, I'm always trying to find something that jumps out to me that's different. We know Mahomes is awesome. We know he and Reid can really work together well, their, their passing game behind the line of scrimmage, all the ways they throw screens to all the different players, or even just get it out quickly, behind the line of scrimmage, what they do is, is I mean, it sets up everything else so incredibly well. It is.
0: It's, it's an aspect of their offense that really came about and got better as the season went along. You know, there was a Wednesday early in the year where we spent a bunch we of Wednesdays. time like, the going, hell is and going they need to get better at screens. We even said it once. Yeah, I said they need to watch the Bucks, who are like unbelievable I, screen I football yeah, team. Yeah, They need to learn to do this because we, we know Kansas City, and they're not going to run a ton. So, okay, here's the screen game. Do that, right, to get people to come up. Or if they want to keep dropping deep, just keep doing that. And McKinnon adds some juice to their yeah, football team. Yeah. McKinnon, to me, is the best in, on their team with the ball in his hand. He can make the most happen after you know after contact. There's a hole. He has the ability to hit six gear, go through it, and really turn on the burners. You know, make people miss in space. I hope that last night proved to them that he should be the guy going forward. I really do. I like the other guys too. I just think McKinnon is the most dangerous of the group. Looks different. It looks different. It's a little different, and there's a real pass game element with him too. Yeah. To where you can go, they can put him at slot, and he can really be a slot receiver. Yeah. Where it makes some matchup problems for them. Um. But, yeah, all in all, you know, it's just – Mahomes is amazing. Once they kind of got going, that fumble, it woke them up. and It's like, wait, we just got hit by a jab in the face. Oh, yeah, this is playoff football. Let's go and let's demolish this football team. Uh, They just got so many difference-making type of players. My
1: goodness. That's
0: where they're they're a special team.
1: Some fun numbers to throw out here. Travis Kelsey, first player in NFL history to throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown, and have 100 receiving yards in a single playoff game.
0: It's like – Just, again, cool play down there in the red zone to have that play. So many of those. Motion out Mahomes there. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kelsey's just one of the greatest tight ends in the history of football. I think that, when you couple that and not only the great route running and everything there, but, again, just like we saw on the long 48-yard touchdown pass, scramble drill. And just has this like innate ability to always go to the right spot. Him yeah. and Mahomes are like they're besties of the besties. It's like they know what they're thinking. You know, it's like Rodgers and Devontae Adams or some of those Cooper Cup and Stafford. They're really on the same page with all that stuff. Uh, and that that's that's where where it was awesome. I, I I still I want them to run the ball a little bit more. And just in case these teams continue to play these pass coverages, I did,
1: I did think that I thought back to our conversation yeah. here Wednesday and wanted them to run. They, they didn't really, they really even know. try. They didn't do much of it. Even I know. first and goal from the one inch, line. they always throw, throw it. Let's throw it. I
0: know. Yeah. And even you know, the stats bear out. They were running with success. McKinnon got five yards of carry. Yeah. It's just that's just not sexy enough for them. Yeah. But you know, again, okay, last night I'm not going to be critical of it. I am going to be critical though it if it's this week and and Buffalo playing defenses where they're 30 yards downfield and we're Still trying to throw bombs, yeah. And I go, wait, you can run on Buffalo, and you don't do it. I'm going to be mad at Kansas City, but that's it's a big ask for Andy Reid. It's, it's not it, in their DNA. They no. don't want to do it. Right. And like you said, they'd rather throw a screen than run the ball. I know. That's just cooler than <laughs> right, right. You know, and but uh, either way, amazing performance, dominant, and man, yeah. It it's going to be some good games this weekend. I know. It's going it to be the, it's right the right to, eight here. I know, right. Even, no matter who wins tonight, Rams Cardinals. Our, we got four good matchups. Right, it was, nice, good match-ups. it was a nice it was a
1: nice warm up weekend for it watching was. playoff ball. These these the matchups the we have coming, coming. Oh my gosh, it's weights. awesome! Yeah, that gets us right to our to our next game. Bills beat the Patriots. I'm glad we were just talking about Mahomes because even though there are a number of questions that will define where the AFC goes, I think the number one is what are you going to do about Mahomes? What are you going to do about Josh Allen? Unless some defenses can figure out some answers to that both those quarterbacks, or one of those two quarterbacks is going to be the one moving on. So Bills beat the Patriots 47-17. Best thing I saw this weekend was Josh Allen. Right? I sat right here, Chris, and I, I started a conversation by saying, you can't expect him to be an A-plus every <laughs> again, time.
0: You can't expect him to you do he do that, that again. He matchup. could be an A-minus. I, he could be good. Listen, my dad, we had the same conversation on Saturday morning, and he was going, they can't really expect him to do, do the same stuff oh, he did my the gosh. first game, or yeah. the second game. He was know? even
1: more of a quarterback's quarterback in this game. He that was. first game, it was like, put the cape on, give him an IV afterward, let him rest. He was everything. This time it was just right decision, right ball, let's do it again, okay, run it this time. Everything that you would define a quarterback by, he he checked every box. I mean, it it was outstanding. I hope everybody realizes what they're watching. I really
0: do. Josh Allen is arguably the best player in football. He was the best player this weekend. He's the best player this weekend, mm-hmm. you know? and and I know. Listen, I'm i I know how you, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm the guy that was saying dra- he's the number one pick of the draft. I love. I'm just saying for this year, the way it's looked this year, Allen's played better than Mahomes. Allen is definitely one of the best players in football. He is a force of nature, you know. And again, I don't know how you can first off. We've never seen anybody do that to the Patriots defense. Right. And this isn't like a year where the Patriots defense was like 25th in football and had a good scoring defense. Yeah. This is the number three defense in football with the number two scoring defense in football, and it looked like they were playing backups out there. I mean, that's really what it looked like. And it was just one unbelievable play after that. We've never seen anybody do this to Bill Belichick defense Seven ever? drives,
1: seven touchdowns. Ever.
0: I mean, I've never seen it done. And it's two games in a row. Yeah. Where they have not punted. Two games in a row. The only thing that has stopped them in the last two games against the Patriots is a dropped fourth-down touchdown pass by Emmanuel Sanders and kneeling on the ball at the end of games or the end of the half. (laughs) It's the only time. I mean, we've never said that about a Bill Belichick defense. Yeah. Because Allen has gotten to a stage where as long as he can be protected a little bit and it just just doesn't collapse on him – He can almost overcome anything. Oh, nobody's open. I'll buy a little time. Oh, he's barely open. I'll throw my 100-mile-per-hour fastball. He can do everything. Power run game. Oh, we're gonna pull guards, and he's gonna run it and smash into the linebacker and get a first out. What's the big deal about that? Oh, nobody's done that in the history of football other than Cam Newton. Oh, oh, I got a stiffed arm, a defensive tackle. Now I got a defensive end on me. I'm still gonna throw a touchdown. Screw it, I'm gonna run around the edge on a on a play and outrun all the linebackers on the 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 uh, Patriots football team. And the safety's gonna to have to chase me down and barely do it to push me out of bounds. I mean, he's he's unreal. And then to do it in a game where, well, you know. It's the elements. I don't know if they're going to be able to pass the ball. What it looked like it was fucking South Florida the way he was throwing the ball down there. It had no effect on the game at all. Right? He's unbelievable. Yeah. And there's still this haters out there that don't want to buy into Josh Allen. I don't. I don't know how you. I know. I don't know how 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 you can do it right now. Because some people don't want to give it up. Like there were people hating on him last week. Oh, because bad weather. They saw there was going to be bad weather. Yeah. And I, I said this today. I got to go look it up again where I saw this because he was the 40th rated quarterback in bad weather this year. It's because he has to play in it all the time. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> He's in it all the time. Yeah. They had people on the list who played like one snap or kneeled right. up, kneeled the ball on the end of the game in a cold weather game. Right. And they put, oh, his rating's better. Well, yeah, no shit. He kneeled the ball. The other guy, have you watched Buffalo this year? Every Almost every game outside of September has been shit weather up right. there. Always. I mean, always. Yeah. And I know he threw three interceptions against the Panthers in the snow a few weeks ago. Oh, no. First off, go back and watch the game. He was still the best player on the field. He threw one dumb interception. He threw another one where the guy got pass interfered. And he threw one late in the game when they had the control of the football game. Whoop-de-fucking-do. <laughs> He's amazing. I just, I just want, I just, I just want people to realize he deserves to be talked about. Yeah, like Mahomes, like Brady, like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He is one of the greatest players in our sport. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I don't say that lightly because there's some studs that have gone. Gotten- gone through the nfl
1: number of things here first of all it's be the first time all year i'm going to go halfway through the conversation and go to the damn okay just <laughs> just because he deserves it and pete yeah. i'm sorry i missed it at the beginning so <laughs> let's give it a little damn okay theme song damn there we go. I'm okay. <laughs> Dan. I'm okay. I'm mistaken. I yeah, no, for-
0: I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gamble. How dare it. you mess oh, up Dan? I know. Baby. I am Chris. You're just not precise. Okay. You're not. Damn. That performance Damn. demanded it. Okay, demanded it. You're just not a precise intermediate passer. You're like I know, Jim Hurts. I know. How dare you? spraying it all over the goddamn <laughs> field, forgetting
1: about things. Uh, more Josh Allen here. Two things that really stood out to me. There are two parts of that game that should, have, that should have affected him. Number one, a Bill Belichick defense. Right, right. And number two, you talked about the elements. I mean, it was zero degrees. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you can't be okay, but, I mean, even a great quarterback, you, you can expect him to be 10 to 20% lesser than in terms right. of how the footballs look out there, how the spirals cut through the air, where it's going. He wasn't affected a single bit. At all. Just shocking. It's shocking. That you can have that kind of precision and that kind of accuracy when it was that cold, I wrote down after the first first drive unaffected, and I circled it, and he he wasn 't affected by either the entire damn game no
0: it was amazing it never I never even thought about it after the first drive you 're right, I never thought about it once i said I went, oh what 's what's, what's the matter he didn 't even think about it you know I, I think the first meeting is the first time I realized like oh my gosh it 's hurricane winds and one team won 't throw the ball. And the other team was reluctant to, but then in the second quarter realized they had to in Buffalo. Yeah. And he just threw it right through the wind that night. Talked about it. He put right.
1: in, how did that happen? How did it go from point A to point B without being effective?
0: Right. And that was amazing to me. So, you know, again, I guess I wasn't as amazed the other night. I'm amazed in the context that, yes, we've seen very few quarterbacks in that type of weather be able to just cut it loose and throw those type of footballs. Right. The way he did. It really was. And it was great. Hey, Buffalo... They got the run game going. He's on his playoff game. They got Dawson Knox going. Yeah. They need one other guy to step up in the pass game. It can't just they be did. Allen and Diggs. Right. So, yes, if Knox, if Knox and Emmanuel Sanders and McKenzie can all have a little role here yeah. within the team and just to make other defenses think about it, we can't always double Diggs or worry about him. It's just going to make them such a harder team to defend, especially with him at quarterback. You you look at that, and of course their defense is so well coached. They really are. They play so hard. That's what I love about them. I mean, the interception by Micah Hyde. Uh, oh my gosh. Again, it looked like the Patriots are going to make a good drive. It was a great yeah, throw. It was. It was a good throw. It was a perfect throw. It was going to drop right in his arms, but Micah Hyde just made,
1: you know, one of the great plays of the weekend. He, A, covered so much ground, Ooh. and B, the nuance, and I get so angry. I never played defensive back, but these guys don't look back at the ball. I know. And he looked back, looked at, the back ball at the ball just at the right time and had the athleticism to pick it off. But I mean, here
0: here you got a little like next-gen stats. You see him on the middle of the field. They ran a slant and Go to the left side there with Aguilar, and you know I heard Micah Hyde said he goes he got a little scared. He goes I made a little late break because I kind of moved to the middle of the field as you could see on that little uh, diagram there. But then to cover the ground that he did there, and like you said, the body control to catch it—it's it was- one of the best tandems of safeties in football, if yeah. not the best. And especially for that defense where they do a lot of stuff, they got to be the quarterbacks back there. That was really. A, a big time moment. And a big time moment in the fact too where the first drive, like you said, it was surgical yeah. and you went, Ooh, that was a little scary looking for New England. Yeah, and then they got the ball in the second drive, and he went, "Oh shit, that was really that was easier than the first drive." Right. Uh oh, and I was I, I was a little behind in the game because we had the early game, so I went yeah, home, yeah, got yeah. changed, got some comfy clothes. I was about forty five, and it's it's fourteen nothing, and you know now they score. I'm going to fast forward through the commercial, and I'm going there's there's no way is this going to be twenty nothing here? Is this going to about to be a blowout? And, and of course, it there just it kept going. Yeah. It was uh, it was amazing, really well. Really well played football game on both sides of the football, and just you know, outclassed the, the New England Patriots want, on that night.
1: I want to bring up one name here to give him the credit that he needs for this for that performance, and really the last month. That's Brian Dayball. Yeah, I thought there were three things outside of Josh Allen throw, throwing the ball that really stood out. They didn't forget about the running backs. Nope, I know. just enough got
0: the run game going.
1: They didn't overdo Josh with the running game. Yeah, he was right. effective. He was a factor, but it wasn't too much of that. Yep, and the offensive line was good. It was. Yeah. Five or six weeks ago we wouldn't have said any one of those three. No, things.
0: Dayball's got his mojo back for sure. You know, and, and again I don't know what maybe some of the issues were early on in the year, whatever. Hey, they were one of the top teams in football. Everybody studies a team like that in the off season you know maybe they caught up to some of their tricks like we talked about and you brought up them many times and even right there they weren't running the ball they became way too one dimensional so that became a little bit scary and then dayball how is he not towards the top of the list and as far as head coaching candidates? i mean he'll get some interviews won't i he? mean he's got to how can he not i mean it, it, he's he's the offensive coordinator of one of the best offenses in football for second year in a row he he has mentored and groomed the quarterback that you you couldn't mentor a groom. You can't fix accuracy. You can't make him a quarterback. He's he's just a guy with a strong arm. Well, bullshit. So Dayball deserves some of that credit. Everybody's looking for the quarterback, Whisperer. Right. I mean, you got one right in front of you right there. Yeah. Him and Leslie Frazier it really need to be serious
1: candidates. Thinking about how, how well he does in that role and how much he must be enjoying it, I, I don't know him, but if the organization came to him and said, here's a million more dollars, stay and be here – Coaching Josh Allen and having autonomy to run that offense or going to to try and bring a team out of the doldrums, it's a miserable organization. I don't know which one, but pick one. I mean, I don't know. He probably wouldn't do it, but wouldn't wouldn't you enjoy life more? if you stayed with a great quarterback with a lot of autonomy and you're well, of the ball?
0: You're, yes, you're going to have less stress for yeah. sure. But you know how it is. I, I, I know. They want to be head coaches. Right? There's only 32 of these damn jobs sure. out there. But how I many think of them are good point, jobs? That's, that's the point. That's the question right there, what you're saying. Uh, to me, if Dayball asked my opinion, I'd go, hey, you're in a good spot. Don't just go anywhere just to go anywhere just to say you're a head coach. Yeah, you know The future's bright here. And, they, and, again, you've heard me say I don't even think they're all that talented on the offensive side of the ball, the weapons. Yeah. And you know, they get another really good receiver to go with the group next year, and you go, watch out. So uh, well, that's what I would say. Just don't rush your decision. Sure. You know, but there, the cool thing about this year is there's, there's three or four spots where you go, they're good spots. Which three you you thinking? Well, of? the Dolphins team is set up. Now you got the two a thing. Yeah, okay, that's a real question. Big
1: difference going from Josh to
0: Tua. Definitely is. But the team at least is in a pretty good spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, Brian Flores of course should not have been fired. Right. That was stupid. The Broncos you, know, you need the quarterback, but everything else is kind of there. Right. But that's a million-dollar question. Yeah. You're right. It's going to be stress. Yeah. Can they get that guy? Can they get a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers, a Sean Watson, whoever? Yeah. I mean, Rodgers isn't going to leave Green Bay now. Uh, the Vikings, you know, there's some things there. Yeah. The Bears got a good defense and at least Justin Fields and some other toys to play with. Yep. So there are a few jobs this year I look at to go, this is better than your usual – open coaching spot job where you go this team needs to be blown up and rebuilt right those are four teams where i go it doesn't really need a blow up they just need some finishing touches and a little sprinkle of a player here and there and i go they could be back in the playoff conversation next year right so that's what's interesting but either way i'm glad you gave him credit because he's he's awesome Dave ball is awesome and he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with josh allen um other thing i think New England.
1: Yes. Want to hit on them a little bit? I have a question. Yeah. You you can keep it here, kind of use it as a jumping off point. It's about Mac Jones. And I I know Pete is smiling because it's from Orion Chuzzlewit.
0: Oh, it's one of your favorites. It's not (laughs) Matt the W, but it's...
1: Matt, the W did make an appearance again this year. Uh, what
0: did you, Orion, you said Orion I earlier? Said Orion. Orion, yeah, yeah. Orion.
1: <laughs> I seriously got a D-plus in astronomy in, in college. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I missed that section of weeks. Apparently. Where, where, there were, that would have been obvious to me. Okay, Orion Chuzzlewit <laughs> says, I realize everyone was hot on them until a few weeks ago, but self-scout thyself on the Pats as a dynasty, or their dynasty 2.0. Do you worry about Mac as a playoff quarterback in the elements going forward?
0: I, I, don't, I don't. I don't worry about it. You know, again, this is a year. Let's let's be realistic. It exceeded expectations in New England. You know, very few people thought they were going to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I picked them to go to the playoffs, and I remember at the time everyone going, "Man, that's bold that you're yeah. doing that." You know, they they did a lot of good things. It was a brand new football team for the most part. You know, he's a rookie quarterback who was really consistent and had a lot on his shoulders throughout the year, and played well. And they were at a point in the year where, yeah, we looked at them at one point and said they're the best, best team in the AFC. They held her on there, October, they did. November, yeah. Yeah, right. It was right after they lost the Cowboys game. They won seven in a row. Yeah. And won all seven other than the Chargers game in L.A., kind of dominant. Like, it wasn't like, oh, whoa, whoa, they got lucky in that one. It was like, no, it's 36-13 to against the Titans. It's 25 nothing against the Falcons. It's 45-7 to against the Browns. It's twenty four six against the Panthers. There was some real ass whoopings going on there, but I think the one thing we saw down the stretch. Hey, here's my my thing with Mac. Really awesome year. He has to become a little bit more of a powerful thrower. Mm-hmm. That would be the first thing I yep. would say. Again, arm is good, can make all the throws, but you know there needs to be a little bit more of an explosive element yes. in their pass game. Yep. Now they need another receiver to be that guy too. Yep. That can be like, oh, hey, you want to stop the run, but we got this guy one on one. But I, it's an area of his game that I certainly look at that he needs to add a few more mile per hour to throw in the football. Agreed. Right? You yep. agree, too. Just watching so, it. Yep. You go, he can make all the throws, but there's a few throws in every game. I go, if he threw that ball with a little more pep on it, he yeah. would have got that in there, and that would have been a 20-yard completion. Instead, the DB got his hand up and knocked it down. Right. Right. There's always yes. a few throws in every game. So he's got to improve on that. They need to help him out with one more weapon and receiver. You know, you look at their defense, it's got to get a little faster in the front seven. Yeah. I, you know, I love a lot of aspects of it, but you've seen there, like with the Allen, they got no guy that can rush the passer and run him down. They got no middle linebacker that can kind of spy him and run him down. Right. You know, so I would like to see a little bit more of a speed element from their front seven. Okay. I think I look at those things for them to go, if they can change that, that'll be big. But down the stretch to the question, they played some good teams. Right. They played a desperate team in the Colts. Yep. In 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 Indy, they played a, a Bills team that we see is hot and going strong yeah, just, right now. Yeah, just not and as good as Buffalo right no. now. No, and, and played a Miami Dolphins team at the end of the year that had a really good defense and right. wanted to go out on a good note knowing they weren't right. going to the playoffs.
1: But as for Mac Jones, I, yeah. w- I want to bring it back here. Yeah. And it kind of relates to what we were talking about with Jalen Hurts as well. Now, Mac had a better year throwing the ball yeah. than Jalen Hurts did. But I'm going to ask it in the same kind of way I asked about Jalen Hurts that, great year for mac jones better than most people thought it was going to be yeah okay now how critical do you want to be with evaluation because in the afc if you're going to go to where the patriots expect to be in february you got to be josh allen right you got to be patrick mahomes right so even though he's better than people thought he might be to get past those teams in mid to late january do you think he holds them back
0: i mean right now yes Right now, as a rookie doing this, yes. Do, yeah. In the future, I don't think he will. I don't. Now, again, I'd like to see there's got to be a little bit more of a playmaking element. The system's going to deliver for them. It's New England. They're well-coached. you got he's to expect make Josh all, can do that. Yeah, you're right. You're, Mahomes does, too. So you've got to make all those throws, which he's going to be able to do. He's going to read defenses. Mm-hmm. You do everything right. He's going to go right right ball. But to your point with those guys, yeah, like we talk about a lot with Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers, there's, there's a handful of plays every game where you go, the defense won the play, but they still got a 20-yard completion. And that, to me, is where he doesn't have that aspect yet. you know. And, again, it's not going to be him running around, scrambling and doing all that. That's not what he is. But, oh, wait, everybody's kind of co- – it happened in Alabama. There would be a lot of plays where I'd go, man, everybody's covered. Oh, whoa, what a 25-yard yeah. throw right there yeah. into a tight window to do that. That's what we need more of, to me, for them to get over the edge. You know, again, that's that's where Brady was great. There's do you think no McDaniels
1: doubt. had the governor on him a little bit?
0: Well, I think, yeah, I do think a little bit. I think they understood what they were too and realizing mm-hmm. they didn't have necessarily guys well, that were going to stretch true. offense out, they were going to play through the run. They won a lot of games without that's, trying to do without that. Without doing that, yeah. right. They just stuck with – they knew who they were, and this was not the year to think, oh, like he's going to go bombs away and we're going to torch people that way. I think they get a few more pieces around him, they'll go that way. They'll work on him being able to throw the ball with the more power down the field. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm not concerned about it. I'm not, but I'm not as excited about him as I am as number two in the New York Jets. Still, I'll just tell you that right now. I am more excited about Zach Wilson. I still don't give a damn.
1: I sense an, a March, April, May podcast where we can just kind of really get into those. Well, those kind they're, of they're
0: just. I saw more wow moments yeah. from him and even Justin Fields maybe than than Mac mm. Jones. I, I will say that. I will. And of course, I think there's more potential for Trevor Lawrence to say "Wow" too. Yeah, like we saw in the last week of the year, there was some Wow plays and throws. There you go. Ooh, that looks like the number one pick. But yeah, Zach. I mean, Mac is really good. He's gonna be really good. You know, is he gonna be a superstar, take over the game type of guy? I don't know about that. But I know he's going to be good enough to execute the offense, go to the right spot, and right. make really good throws. And as long as they have the right formula around him, they're going to be tough to beat going into the future.
1: It's going to be a really fun offense to track in the next few months because yeah. what happens with Josh McDaniels? Right. Is he still going to be there? Right. What happens with the weapons around him? You talked about how they need a couple more. Do they bring those in through the draft of free agency? Mm-hmm. And how much better can Mac get right. strictly throwing the ball? Right. Really good rookie season. Yep. Can he escalate it a little bit in the next few months? We'll see. We'll see. Those are three would three it. aspects of that offense are yeah. really worth keeping an eye on. I think on.
0: you broke it down the right way, and I would say yes, I would expect it. You know, one, I think they get it. Hey, you got Aguilar, Kendrick, Bourne. They're great twos and threes, right? If they can get one more, let's say burner, scary guy at receiver, yep. And I think now that they've seen Mac Jones, they're going to go. Oh wait, the, the guy can fucking see the field and read coverages. Yeah. They're going to get their Edelman and Wes Welker type too. So that so they don't have to rely on playing the style of football we saw them play, whereas we want to run the ball and just throw a few high percentage completion type passes and then play through our defense and win a game that way. We want to win twenty four thirteen, twenty yeah. to sixteen. There wasn't a lot of margin. for error. No, they're right. It There's no versatility,
1: lot, but yes, they yeah. need
0: to. Where to your point, I think if they get some of these pieces, they have another avenue to. Oh wait. Right. We're not running the ball. The defense isn't great. We can get an empty, and now Matt can just dice, dish it out. And right. we can stay with you, even though you might be more talented. He can, he'll go you know, 35 for 45 for 400 and still make it all work. Right. And he's capable, I think, of doing that. So it's on them to, to help him out, too.
1: That would be another gear if, yeah. if they had that shot in their That's bag. A, they need a little more versatility.
0: They Next didn't have much versatility up. in how they could beat you this year.
1: guaranteed let's back up to the first game cincinnati against las vegas that was a fun one to watch it was Bengals come up with a way down the stretch to win 26 to 19 let's get right to it with with josh burrow his last four games i'm sorry joe burrow his last four games he's been just outstanding look at this they haven't lost completion percentage 75 11 touchdowns no picks and there were some stretches where the Bengals' offense wasn't great during this game yeah but Joe and the Bengals' offense, I thought they started out really, really well and set the tone.
0: Really well. It's It uh, wasn't the greatest matchup for them, as I tried to explain. Talked about that. Yeah, yeah, just because the Raiders, do, they, you know, it's the big play Bengals, and the Raiders don't let up big plays. They don't. They make you be patient and execute. That, to me, was the thing that jumped out to me more than anything. I was a little scared that, like – Burrow, and then they'd be like, Oh, it's the playoffs. We got to show everybody our ass and kick yeah. some butt here and throw for 400 and be bombs and the big play Bangles. That, I question that. And they he was very within himself throughout the game. I mean, really, very few, if any, dicey decisions.
1: Do the Raiders defend him? Like you thought, like you talked yeah, about Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I did. I, I did. I think they they played their Seattle cover three, and it looks like some did quarters. What they were gonna do. And they were gonna yep not let you go deep, and just let you throw the ball underneath. And if hey you want to throw the ball outside in the one on one matchup, back shoulder, he did that to Jamar Chase yeah. a few times. That's where he's really good. Um, but I thought that was the big thing to the game, and I was proud that they were able to be patient that way. And it's, it's not easy to score cut touchdowns against the Raiders once you get in there in the red zone too. You know, and the other aspect was I was worried about Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby ruining the football game. Thought they did a good job of always kind of, oh, we're obviously going to pass. They had guys chip and They had a tight end chip. They had the back on the other side chip and then go out. They helped out. It was the right process. That's what I thought was really good for them. It got a little tighter than maybe it should have been uh, for the Bengals. But either way, I mean, with all the pressure they had, the way that stadium was, yeah. and a matchup that – you know, again, like I was trying to say, tell people, I know it was 30, 32 13 in the regular season. That's not the way
1: the game really unfolded in the regular season. I expected it to that, be yeah. close. I really did. Uh, good for them getting the win. Let's focus on the other quarterback, one yeah. that you and I both like quite a bit, Derek yeah. Carr. This question comes from John Isaac, 55. For all the Derek Carr intangibles that are good, he does fumble a lot, has been terrible in the red zone forever. I think that's embellished, but that's what's written. How is he viewed around the league, and what is his value by trade and contract let's get to the second part of that i should have saved that for later i want to deal with the first part about yeah. the red zone because they had a chance right at the very end of the game they had four shots yep. close to the end zone right didn't get any in how much of that do you put on 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 derrick well it, it's, it's a hard spot i
0: mean as you know you played quarterback when you're at that eight or nine yard line Field shrinks It field shrinks yeah. no the, the the secondary has no what there's no nothing behind them to worry about they get to just play up there's never like, oh wait Jamar Chase might run by me on a post route right you can play coming downhill for the most part. and if you can rush four and still get there now you got seven guys in the short area of the field, it's tough. you know the thing I would say is it's not the greatest red Zone offense in the world. I was in that offense and I can tell you it's not the greatest. It's it's. What did it lack besides
1: putting it in the end zone? I think the it end? just lacks
0: a little bit of like creative red area thoughts. My always thought with with Gruden and that, and I didn't know any better when I was there. Right. It's just like we kind of ran our offense, and we just had a few little wrinkles that were different in the red zone, but it was like still the same, the same old West Coast plays that like Joe Montana ran in the red zone and stuff. And the NFL has just gotten used to them. There's not a lot of creativity that way. Carr's arm to the question a little bit. Yeah, it's not it's not a Herbert, you know, Josh Allen, Rodgers where in the red zone he can just absolutely rifle a ball into a small window and get it in there for a touchdown. And then added to that, they haven't had really a guy that's a threat in the red zone as a receiver. They... Other Even than Waller? Darren Waller, yeah. he's the only guy that they really have, and they don't do a great job, in my opinion, of like kind of finding ways to get him ball or get him matched up one on one to throw him in the ball, you know, to, to catch those 50 50 balls that aren't that way with a guy like him. Right. So that would be my assessment of their, their red zone struggles to a degree.
1: If the Raiders wanted to go a different direction, I don't know if it would be a good idea, but th- this is going to be a discussion looking ahead with Las Vegas. His trade value and his contracts. What do you... Just like the first peek at it, we'll, we'll spend more time with it later. Yeah. If, if they decided they wanted to go another route. Well, I mean, you're going to have to get a first round. First off, I don't know, you know, why are we asking this question is
0: what I want to ask. Yeah. Derek Carr is one of the least problems you have on the Raiders football I, team yeah, right I mean I mean come I, on.
1: I only bring it up he's not Josh Allen or, or Rogers or Brady we get that but he's he's a top 10-ish quarterback you, you list the assets this team has and he's near the top of the list no
0: doubt about it uh, you know again what what do you want to do trade him for Baker Mayfield
1: right okay fine we can, I mean we the can, Raiders the Browns are probably be like okay we'll take it right I don't think we need to speculate beyond that if we both feel like They'd be foolish to not hang on to
0: him. Exactly. You only get rid of Derek Carr if you have a slam dunk superstar that you know you can get. Oh, you can get, you know, Aaron Rodgers? Okay. You can get Deshaun Watson. Okay. I understand that thought. Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. I can understand the thought there. Yeah. But even with that, I don't sit there and just go, Oh gosh, that's a done deal. Like he is really good. Right. He is a machine within that offense. I mean, you see him on the field at the line of scrimmage, every play, doing everything. They have programmed the robot to be an extension of the coaching staff, let alone he's got good physical tools. He does. And, again, and I would say, again, it was a less-than-offense running game this year. It was a less-than-pass-protecting offensive line. Yeah, Henry Ruggs got in trouble and is gone. He was the one guy that can make plays. You saw a difference in their offense once they lost him yeah. during the regular season. So, yeah, to that point, he's worthy of a first-round pick in a trade. Let me just say that right off the bat. Okay. He's a top-ten-ish quarterback, but I don't know why we'd be having this question. You're right, because he's like one of the top three positives of the football team, Easily, in my opinion. Yeah, if, if,
1: not in the, if not in the top two. I mean, so. you,
0: let's, let's, let's list it. Who, what are the top prior things on that team? The two pass rushers, things about the Derek Carr, yeah, Matt Crosby, Waller. Derek Carr, Waller, yeah. The kicker, you're right. That's those are the top things about the organization.
1: Derek Carr's in the top two. Yeah. yeah. So two votes. Two votes here for it would be foolish yeah. to get rid of him. Yep. You can leave that one at that. Yep. Okay. Points bet. Our friends at Points Bet are going to help us with this next discussion. Super Bowl odds. You Flash these guys up here, Pete, and see what we have at this point. Okay. The Chiefs. A little bit. Ahead of the Bills in the AFC, plus 400. The Bills, plus 500. Top seed Titans at 900. Interesting. In the NFC, the Packers are 375 and the Bucks, 500. Who's your team there? Whew. What jumps out to you? Well,
0: I, the Titans at 900. To have them that far below the Chiefs and the Bills, to me, makes wow. no sense. I mean, the team that beat the Bills and the Chiefs this year is that far below the Bills and the Chiefs? Makes no sense. You should, you, you should drive right now. You probably did it on your phone. Bet on the Niners at Don't, plus one uh, uh, thousand? I mean to me the if you want to talk value. Listen, I understand the Chiefs and the Bills why they're the top yeah. two. I get that. But you want like value, little change for the best reward. There it the is. The Titans are certainly one that I look at. The 49ers at plus a thousand are definitely another one I look at. Rams plus twelve hundred? I mean, yeah, it's not bad. It's not. I even look at the Buccaneers and go, Really? Really? They're they're, you know, plus one twenty five, worse. Tied, the Packers tied for the third. I'm shocked by that. I'm Chiefs shocked. and
1: Packers ahead of them.
0: I'm shocked. I, I think you know, again, where I look at it and go, the they're way too overvaluing the one seed in the AFC, and they're mm. way undervaluing the one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite get it. Uh, we'll we'll see. You know, I know I got to pick these games later this week, but they're going to be interesting.
1: Let's go with a tiny little preview. Yeah. of uh, one more game to pick. Yep, Cardinals Rams tonight. Chris said Arizona twenty-seven twenty-four on Thursday's pod. Yep. Point Bet says Rams, negative three and a half. They're favored by a little more than a field goal. Over under at 50. Mm. Pretty big number.
0: That's a big number. Where That's you about going the range here? I see it to be in there. It's the game I think I told you on Wednesday that I have the hardest time as far as I felt pretty good with all the other five games and that I got good feel for it. I watched back the games. I understand where the weakness and the strengths were. You know, I, I felt good about my picks. This is one where – I'm going a little bit with a gut here. And you know, I think this is where I look at it a little bit. I I think I actually trust Kyler Murray than I more than I do Matthew Stafford right now. Really? I know, I do. I don't know. Hmm. I, there's just Stafford's had some great clutch moments in the end yeah. of the football game, but there, again, I'll still say, it, I think there's a few moments in every game where I just go, what? Like I scratch my head. Other side
1: though, we haven't seen Murray in the car. Really it hasn't been special either. either. It yeah. hasn't.
0: Uh, here's the, I think the one area I look at to like, um, just let's watch this tonight. The Rams offensive line. If the Rams can run the ball similar to the way they did the second game, and really have a real under the center, somewhere close to 100 yards rushing, maybe over 100, I'm going to go, they're going to win the game. Because that means then Stafford didn't have to do too much, and that means that the play-action pass probably gashed the Cardinals a few times for some big plays in the game. Yeah, That's the first thing I want to look at. I mean, that to me is where I look at it. You can run on the Cardinals, we've seen that. But it's a Rams offensive line that's not overly talented. And we've seen a few moments here down the stretch where they've been pushed around or dominated. Of course, last week, but there's been other games too where I go, man, he doesn't have a ton of time to throw. And he does get hit a lot. And they can get overrun in the run game. So that's where I'm really putting the game on is the Rams offensive line. Because I do think, too, if it gets become too much of a passing element and he drops back too much, Chandler Jones is going to beat
1: Whitworth Mm -hmm. and those guys around the edge
0: they got too many guys that can get after the quarterback. They can do
1: that in a hurry, too, and the little bit of the way that Andy Reid can. They can't stop himself.
0: No doubt. All of a sudden, he's thrown it 49 times. I know. I know. Right? That's, where, that's where I worry about it. Yeah. So where, again, I don't want to see if I'm rooting for the Rams, and I do root for the Rams because I really like Sean McVay, and you know me. I'm a defender of Stafford. If if I really want to go for them, I'm going to go don't fall in that trap. Just mm. be Jared Goff plus tonight. Mm. That's a Run the Jared Goff offense. Yeah. Plus – we got a guy with a halitzer in the right arm who can do more with it. So it doesn't need to be like reinvent the wheel. Let him be 25 out of
1: 35. Exactly
0: right. Or 20 for 30. Perfect. Somewhere in that range. Exactly right. To me, that's the sweet spot. If it starts to get to... You know, like you said, 42 dropbacks, 45 dropbacks, they're going to lose the game. Yeah. Because he's going to make a mistake or two. Arizona's crazy with some of the stuff they do on defense. That's how they cause their turnovers. To me, that would be the recipe of a disaster. I'm going to take Arizona by a field goal and say they. Make that happen. I've got I Rams, Rams and the Rams. under. Rams and under. Rams and under. over or under? Rams, I owe you $10. Is that what it is? I'm going over. I owe okay. you 10 right now, I think. Okay, so
1: we're, we're complete opposites here. You got Arizona and the over. I got Rams and the under. Yes, okay, cool. Awesome. I like Most it. important question. You said comfy clothes for the game. So, like, are you untucking that shirt and just taking your shoes off? Is that comfy clothes? Mm-hmm. Are you Are you full-blown pajamas on the couch? I'm like sweat suits.
0: Sweatsuit. Like velour? I used to velour? I, Pete's going. Yeah, velour suit. I used to have some velour suits. Matching, I don't know anymore. Matching top and bottom. I do have matchy. I'm a big man. Even at home. if Nobody's there. Matching jammies. They look good. You feel good. I don't have jammies. I sleep naked. Shut okay. Up. Yes. Stop it. I yes. That, I haven't put underwear on. Worse or worse than clothes on. sitting down. Well, I haven't put clothes on to go to sleep since I was in high school. Buck naked. Butt naked. Buck or butt. I think I always called it butt. I don't know. Is it Pete? buck? Yeah, yeah, it, both are classified there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I own no jammies. Man, oh, man. Sweatsuits, matching, look good, play good, even yeah. if I'm sitting on the couch, okay? <laughs> and Or here's my other outfit. Yeah. I could just put on a pair of sweatpants, and I am a robe guy. Oh, yeah. I'll put yeah. on a big white yes. robe, have a sweatpants on. Thick Terry cloth, Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. and just be cozy on the couch that way. That could be what I'm doing tonight. Okay. All right? Photo. Yep. Photo? photo? Doubt it. Not happening.
1: <laughs> no. it says I wasn't asking for the nighttime, the evening, the, the evening. evening couch, you don't want couch the butt attire. naked Chris Sims, no? No. Okay. No. All
0: right. Yeah. All right. There's That's a, a good way to end it. I like it right yeah. there. It's my kind of talk to end the show. Learn right some things. There. Subscribe, rate, review. That's right. So you wear jammies, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were yeah. like you're talking like matching plaid. No. Dad top and bottom. No, there? no, no. A no. I, I,
1: I, I, nice. I invested nice pajama pants. Right. Which is which is important. Because you can you can wear them around the house right. all day, and I've got I've got a series of shirts that have been demoted from starters to so nighttime. that's what you go with. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's not like matchy gotcha. matchy.
0: This should be a Twitter yeah. question for Wednesday's podcast. Yeah, you know, how many men over the age of twenty five are either sleeping naked or wearing pajamas? That's what I want to know.
1: I, I'm going to say that the naked over the let's say thirty. Yeah, okay, naked over the age of thirty to sleep less than ten percent. Is it really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Pete. So you're telling me?
0: Pete says 20. All right, we're going to do this on Wednesday. I want to know this. 10. I want the homies to chime in. Are you sleeping naked or wearing pajamas? There's no way Ahmed. sleeping naked. Uh, no way. Ahmed, you're right. He's, who, who knows? He's, he probably does. Yeah, Pete's right. He probably puts extra, extra clothes extra on. Extra flannel. Yeah, extra flannel. Exactly right. <laughs> Let me put on another shirt here. Yes, I I think we've
1: gone down a very good road here. I do too. We can have fun with this. Some
0: some off the off the football field feedback here. All right, everybody, get get at me. Subscribe, rate, review. Let me know. Jami's naked. How do you sleep? All right. Yes. Wednesday. What the fuck happened? Podcast. Paul won't be here. Ahmed will. I'll ask him about his pajamas.
1: We'll revisit. We'll revisit. Paulie, you the man. Always fun.
0: Good talk today. Everybody enjoy the Monday night wild card weekend finale. And we'll see you Wednesday. Peace out.